On Monday, Caleb Love became the sixth Tar Heel to enter the transfer portal since it opened just two weeks ago. It's a difficult day for UNC as the player who hit one of the four biggest shots in program history will be wearing a different jersey next season. You are Locked on Tar Heels, your daily podcast on the UNC Tar Heels, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey there, it's Tuesday, March 28th, 2023. Welcome into the Locked on Tar Heels podcast, the only daily North Carolina show out there. I'm your host, Isaac Shade, and I want to thank you for joining us on today's show with another whirlwind of activity happening. Just like Monday's show, this was supposed to be the Caleb Love Stay or Go show, and unfortunately it turned into the Caleb Love Go show because that's what he decided to do and that's the deal the news is finally out Caleb Love is transferring I think a lot of people speculated that this would be the case but now we officially know now I've officially updated my scholarship chart for approximately the 837th time this offseason and it's weird it's weird you guys the Carolina family is so torn over this Caleb Love has just been one of the most polarizing Carolina players in recent memory. I'd be super curious to know uh, if you can think of a, a Carolina player that's been more polarizing than Caleb has been. Here's the thing for me. I want to state things very pragmatically. I want to be someone um, that will be open and honest and direct with stats and truth but also someone that will celebrate a Tar Heel who has had a really good career, right? Like all of this, I think, can be true. So let me just state some things pragmatically. There were some very high highs in Caleb Love's three-year Carolina career, and there were some low lows. Caleb has given Carolina some incredible memories, some of the most historic moments in program history. But it's also true that Caleb has been one of the most inefficient Tar Heels in recent memory. But he was also the leading scorer last year. I think we would all say it's true that Caleb Love is not afraid of any shot. Sometimes even when his teammates might be, Caleb is never afraid to take it. He does not shy away from criticism. He receives it, he responds, and he moves on. I love that Caleb Love always posted, always showed up. In his three seasons at North Carolina, the Tar Heels played a total of 101 basketball games. Do you know how many of those games he played in? Exactly 101. In fact, how's this for consistency? Caleb and RJ together have both played in all 101 of those games in their so far three-year career as Tar Heels. Neither one has missed a single game. How is that for the model of consistency? And in fact, for the past two seasons, they've started every game together in Carolina's backcourt except senior day for those two seasons. Man, but it just it just didn't work this year. Davis Love the third never came to fruition, unfortunately, and that just is what it is. And so I would hope that we can all be extremely, extremely thankful to Caleb 
for everything he's done for this team, this university, this program, and at the same time be able to recognize his streakiness, his inefficiency. Those two things don't have to be mutually exclusive. We can say both of those. And I feel like, again, that's my job here on the podcast. You know me to be a, a positive, glass half full, silver lining kind of guy. But again, I always want to be honest and direct with you to say all of these things. And it's okay. Let me assure you, it's okay to feel both those things. And when we evaluate a player and a person, we have to be able and willing to do all those things and they have to be willing to take it, right? That's just part of the deal. And so I want you to feel free to both be extremely thankful to Caleb for his time in Chapel Hill and also recognize that that there were there were streaks, there were up and downs, and, and that's just part of athletics. And that's true here. So Caleb, thank you for everything. We are so grateful. As hard and as weird as it is to say best of luck to you wherever you go next, which we'll talk about, by the way, in just a second. It was also interesting to me in Caleb's um, post, and I'm not going to read that. You can find it all over on his social, well, actually not on his Twitter because he deleted that, but on uh, on other places as well. It's interesting to me that he's not even testing the NBA draft waters, just a straight up transfer. Like what a change that is from what we expected from him coming in as a freshman. Um, 247 Sports, who always does a great job with their high school recruiting rankings. Since the transfer portal has become a thing, they've also started doing transfer rankings each offseason as well. Caleb uh, hops into that list at 10th and they've re-rated him as a four-star recruit. So very interesting to see there. I uh, I was just curious, and I wanted to go back to when he committed to North Carolina and just get back into that state of mind. So I read uh, he did one of those blogs, those USA Today blogs that high school recruits will often do where he just shares what's going on in his life. Uh, really interesting, but there was a line that just really stuck out to me and quite frankly made me emotional. He was talking to Kobe White, who, um, you know, he came in after. And Kobe said this to Caleb Love. He told me Coach Williams would never, ever give up on me. I love that, man. <laughs> and by, I, <laughs> I mean that, I love that, comma, man. Not, I love that, man. Although I do love Roy Williams. That's funny. Aren't, uh, punctuation is interesting, folks. But, you know, like, we're not going to see the Caleb Love, Roy Williams high five anymore. That's it. It's over. Ugh, that's painful. And and you think back to this whole class. Think about what it could have been for North Carolina. Remember who all came in together. Caleb Love and RJ Davis, obviously. Puff Johnson, who just transferred out. But also Walker Kessler and Dayron Sharp. Can you imagine? <laughs> wow. That would have been something. And so just two other points on Caleb before uh, we move along to other things. I've been asked a lot, where does Caleb Love's shot against Duke in the final four rank historically in Carolina shots? Here's where I rank it. I'd love to hear your thought. I think, not I think, here's my list. Michael Jordan's shot against Georgetown in the 82 championship game. That's number one. 
Luke May against Kentucky to send Carolina to the Final Four in Memphis in 2017. Boy, I, I know it didn't win a championship, but it propelled helped propel Carolina to it ultimately. Uh, third on the list, I would have Joe Quigg's free throws in triple overtime in the 1957 undefeated season. Keep in mind, Carolina was playing Kansas for the national championship against Wilt Chamberlain in Kansas City. Yeah, just like an hour and a half away from Lawrence. That was their first NCAA national championship. Six seconds left on the on the clock. Carolina's down one. In triple overtime, Joe Quigg steps to the free throw line, buries both of them for the 54-53 victory, I believe it was, if I remember correctly. And, oh, by the way, Kansas inbounded the ball and got it to Wilt Chamberlain. Who tipped it away? Joe Quigg did that as well. So pretty cool stuff. And then I would rank Caleb Schott fourth right after that. Love to hear where you rank it. You probably or might disagree, but whatever. Um, so the the last thing I want to look at is what might be a landing point for Caleb. I know we don't want to think about that, and everyone is just like, I feel the same way. Please, just not an ACC school, right? That's the last thing you want to happen. Uh, I would look at, first and foremost, two landing places. Keep in mind, Caleb will be a senior, so he's got this year, and his class, like, with our that class we just talked about is the last class with COVID eligibility. And so Caleb could have two more years left to play somewhere. Mizzou is a really interesting landing spot to me. Carolina, uh, Caleb ultimately picked Carolina over Mizzou. Um, Caleb's from St. Louis. It's just Columbia where the university of Missouri is, is just an hour and a half West of St. Louis, just straight interstate I 70 Columbia sits basically right between St. Louis and Kansas city. Or the other landing spot that's maybe more interesting to me is Arizona. Arizona just lost one of their guards, Kirk Creasa, to the transfer portal. Arizona was in Caleb's final six schools where um, he was deciding between. But here's perhaps the most interesting thing to me, in addition to there's a spot and it was already a place of interest. Do you know who one of their assistant coaches is now? Steve Robinson. Steve Robinson not only was an assistant while Caleb was at Carolina, Steve Robinson was the lead recruiter in getting Caleb Love to North Carolina. I would imagine he'll be reaching out on behalf of Tommy Lloyd at Arizona to say, hey, Caleb, why don't you think about coming to the desert? So we'll keep our eyes on that. Again, it's going to be weird. He, along with five other Tar Heels from this year's team, will be in a different jersey next season. Well, with all these outgoing Tar Heels, it might feel like no one is ever going to wind up in Chapel Hill, but the first of the six available scholarships has been snatched up by a incoming transfer commit. We'll talk about that in just a second. But first, today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel. The tournament is in the home stretch, and now's the perfect time to download FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook, ahead of the Final Four this weekend. Because new customers get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's bonus bets back if your first bet doesn't win. So download the FanDuel Sportsbook app right now. It's safe, secure, and super easy to use. And then you can bet on everything from the money line to point scores and three-pointers drain. So make sure to check out all the lines for those final four games coming up on Saturday. Plus, FanDuel even lets you combine your bets for a chance at a bigger payout with the same game 
parlay. So friends, don't miss that chance to get your no sweat first bet up to $1,000 when you go to fanduel.com slash locked on. Once again, fanduel.com slash locked on to learn all about it. Make every moment more with FanDuel, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. Also, make sure you check out Locked on College Basketball as you're thinking about the Final Four. Lots of great college basketball content coming to you every day from around the college basketball landscape. And now's the best time to do it with only three games left this season. All right, folks, just a couple hours after Caleb Love announced his decision to transfer out, Carolina received their commitment of their first transfer in of the offseason. And this is Paxson. P-A-X-S-O-N, Wojcik, and he transfers to Carolina from Brown University. I'll give you his bio and some other things in just a second, but I want to start here because I have been asked ad infinitum about this. Isaac, what do you think about Paxson Wojcik coming to North Carolina? Uh, That's a wasted scholarship. I don't know, you know, like all sorts of, same with kind of Caleb. There's some people that are like, I'm great with it. Others that are like, what? Right. And so here's where I'm at. Just very succinctly, I'm good with it. Here's why. When you have six scholarships to hand out and shooting is the biggest thing you're looking for, why not get somebody that is a career over 35% shooting from three? I'm going to say more on it, but I just want to say that for now. Stick with me. Let me give you some of his bio and then I'll say more about what I'm just getting to. I just wanted to start there. Uh, Wojcik is 6'5", 200 pounds. He started at Loyola Chicago his first two years and then transferred to Brown has played there his last two years. Has one year of eligibility left. This past season scored 14.9 points a game for Brown. Um, had 20 or more in his last three games. Posted double figure scoring in each of Brown's last 15 games. In fact, had 24 of 27 games this season in which he scored double figures averaged 7.2 rebounds per game. So he's a good rebounding guard. Remember Cole Anthony did a lot of that. Uh, That's something that's always good, especially as Carolina is always looking to rebound. In fact, had four double doubles this past season. That is um, encouraging. 3.2 assists per game as well. Shot 46% from the field. And perhaps most importantly, 38 point, or excuse me, 38% from the three-point line last season on 5.6 attempts per game. So that is a high percentage made on a lot of attempts. Good volume, good percentage made. He is a career 36.4% three-point field goal shooter. So he's obviously grown as he's gone along in his college career. But for his career, he shoots over 35% from three. That's what Carolina needs. In those same transfer portal rankings from 247, he comes in at 49th. So that's just something to be aware of there. Had interest from places like Kansas, Arkansas, Auburn, NC State, Notre Dame, blah, 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 whatever. Uh, He's from Charleston, South Carolina. Um, But here's where pedigree matters. This young man played his high school basketball at La Lumiere in Indiana, one of the premier high school programs in the nation. And so he knows how to win. He knows how to just compete at a high level, played there with a lot of high level college, uh, eventual college basketball players. So you just need to be aware of that. And pretty cool. He does have a family connection to Carolina. His dad, Doug Wojcik, was an assistant under Matt Doherty. So that's 
just it's neat when there's a family connection and that plays into it. But it also tells me some other things that I want to I want you to hear me say. CBS Sports wrote up an article on both Caleb Love transferring out and Wojcik coming in. And it says at one point, quote, UNC already has a possible lineup replacement, though, as Brown guard Paxson Wojcik announced his commitment shortly after Love's decision. And when they hear that it says Ross or lineup replacement, um, I, I would not go that far. And that's all due respect to CBS Sports. I think they do a great job. And I have multiple friends there that are college basketball writers. Um, but I do not see Paxson Wojcik coming in as any sort of Caleb Love replacement. Do not think that way. If you think that way, I would understand why you'd be upset. Because he's not going to be Caleb Love. There's just no way. What Paxson Wojcik is to me is bench depth that has a proven track record, once again, of making threes at an above 35% clip. Obviously, the question is, can he do it at the ACC level? Because that ain't the Ivy League is not the ACC. Now, he did it for Loyola Chicago, and, and that is a, a better level than the Ivy League. So, you know, we got to watch for that. So that remains to be seen. But here's the other thing. I've already said this, and I'll continue to say it. When you have six scholarships available, you can take some chances, particularly on shooting depth when you need it. So maybe he turns out to be Justin Pierce, who just never really found it a couple years ago. But maybe he turns out to be a bench piece that can come out off the bench and knock down a couple threes a game at a 35 to 40% clip. There's no reason to think that's not at least a possibility because, again, when you have six scholarships, take a shot. And here's the other thing. This is a young man who has not played at the major conference level. He's a young man with a Carolina background. Maybe, just maybe, he's okay coming somewhere where he knows he's not going to get as much playing time because he knows he's coming somewhere that is family already, where he's been around for a couple years. That could very well be a thing, right? Like, think about Creighton Lebo. He's on Carolina's roster, very well could have gone somewhere else and got a lot more playing time. But he gets to hang out with his dad every day. It's part of the Carolina legacy. Just keep that in mind. Now, I did say, hand up, from the very first show when we entered, because we found out about Wojcik and Nick Timberlake from Towson right around the same time. And on that very first show where I introduced them, I said, I'm more intrigued by um, Timberlake than I am by Wojcik. So at the same time, I don't think it has to be mutually exclusive. I think there is a real world in which Nick Timberlake, and he just keeps getting pushed because I was going to talk about him today, but with the love news and the Wojcik news, um, Timberlake will get pushed to later in the week. But um, there, there is a world in which both these guys end up coming to Carolina. So we'll just keep our eyes on that as we know he's going to be on campus this week, and then we'll probably hear something more after that. And just on a personal note with this Paxson Wojcik news, it's going to be very difficult for me. My son's name is Paxton with a T, P-A-X-T-O-N. But people often mess it up and say Paxson, like Paxson Wojcik, P-A-X-S-O-N. So this is only going to make that worse because I'm going to have a Paxton and a Paxson in my life. So I guess I just need to start saying Pax for everything. There we go. So anyway, 
Paxton, Paxton, see, I just messed it up. Paxton Wojcik is in. Caleb Love is out. What does all that mean for North Carolina next year? What are they still looking at? What are they still looking for? Who are they looking at? Oh, you better believe you're about to see those Isaac Shade scholarship charts in just a second, as well as some other things that I want to note. Alrighty, folks. So Caleb Love is out. The sixth Tar Heel to transfer out in the past two weeks since the transfer portal has been open. But now we have the first transfer in, whom I believe is a bench depth piece, not not a starting five piece. So just hear me say that. So um, obviously, you know, I make these scholarship availability charts. Let me show you the one that I thought was going to be the only one for Monday. This is immediately following Caleb Love's transfer out. You see there, it's interesting because there were only seven Tar Heels left. Remember, you get 13 scholarships, six of them. So literally one shy of over half have transferred out. So now with the Caleb Love defection, you have one super senior in Armando Baycott using his COVID year one senior in RJ Davis, who still has a COVID year as denoted by the double asterisk by his name on the chart there. DeMarco Dunn, the lone junior at this point, Seth Trimble and Jalen Washington as sophomores, and then Zayden High and Simeon Wilcher as freshmen. So the nice thing is, is you, you got a nice diversity of class, right? At least one in every class. So that is good news. But then if the Caleb Love news weren't enough, then the Wojcik news came just a couple hours later. And so we popped this up. And so now it's cut down to five open scholarships. And then you just add Wojcik in at the top with Baycott there as two players using that year of COVID eligibility. And so five remaining scholarships as of the time of this recording. I mean, the news might keep coming hot and heavy. So for those of you watching, I'm going to leave that chart up while we talk here throughout the rest of the show. At this point, the only player we're still waiting to hear from out of that group of returning Tar Heels is DeMarco Dunn. Because keep in mind, once again, we've already heard definitively from Baycott, definitively from Davis. We know that High and Wilcher are coming. And Jalen Washington had that tweet where he said basically like, hey, four, let's get it. Meaning I'm back right after RJ Davis said his and then Seth Trimble posted something. We talked about this on yesterday's show uh, after the um, news broke over the weekend of Will Shaver transferring out. And we already knew that fellow freshman Tyler Nickel was transferring out. And Seth posted something that was like basically like, no, sad, um, that I ultimately took to mean, hey, myself and Jalen Washington are both staying and these guys are leaving. So I. For my money's worth, the only player we're waiting to hear from still is DeMarco. So just keep your eyes on that. But we could still hear something more definitive from Seth. So we'll just watch for that. So again, five scholarships left to dole out. What do you have in the coffers right now? Well, here's the great news. You've got two of your five starters back. So when you think about it, You've got your starting center, who was the preseason ACC player of the year last year. And you get back R.J. Davis, who many people, including myself, including Coach Pat Kilby, who will be on our show on Wednesday tomorrow, as he always is. 
believed that RJ was the more important and more consistent of the two players between he and Caleb. And you heard me say everything I said at the top of the show. This is not to disparage Caleb. That's just to be statistically accurate. RJ is the more consistent player of the two. I'm very curious to see what RJ will be like without Caleb Love looming, right? Where it's not this kind of tug and pull and tug and pull of who's going to be the main guard, who's going to do it. Um, I want to see what Carolina looks like with RJ running the show. You remember last year, a major, massive part of what helped Carolina in that run at the end of the season was RJ and Armando just pick and rolling everyone to death. So that's what I want to see. Let's PNR this bad boy. But the thing is you need shooting around it so that RJ can make decisions to either drive, give to Mondo, or kick out for a three to reliable 35 or more percent three-point shooters, right? That That's what you're looking for. But as for what Carolina needs, you still need front court depth because it can't just be Mondo and Jalen Washington. I mean, that's all you got right now. Zayden High is a four, um, but it just remains to be seen like how much of a role he'll play his freshman year. You really, really need wings because so many of the transfers out have been threes, right? In, in addition to losing Leakey, who's out of eligibility. You also lose Puff Johnson and Dontre Styles and Tyler Nickel. All three of those guys would have been playing on the wing. And so, boy, that is really, really, really what you need. Now, here's the other thing. If you believe that, in terms of what Carolina needs, if you believe that RJ or Seth Trimble or Simeon Wilcher can be that lead playmaking guard, then you don't need that. But if not, like if you'd rather RJ play off the ball, then you want to go find a Marquise Noel type player from Kansas State who can <laughs> dish out 19 assists in an Elite Eight game, right? Or in a Sweet 16 game <clears throat> while also scoring 20 points, right? Like if RJ can do that with him being the, the lead man, awesome. Do that and then go just fill up the rest of this with wings and front court guys. If not, you need that kind of playmaker. And there's some out there right now. Now, interestingly, as I said earlier, I planned on this show to talk more about Nick Timberlake um, and a newcomer to the mix. Uh, the other UNC, <laughs> Northern Colorado, had a player, Dalton Connect, hop into the transfer portal, who seems like a somebody I would really like to get. He's ranked, I think, fifth right now in those 247. Yeah, Connect's ranked fifth um, in the 247 transfer rankings right now. And so, um, anyway, we will talk more about both of these guys, Timberlake and Connect, as the week wears on. Um, but here's what I think Carolina needs to do quite realistically of the five remaining scholarships. Cause one is to Wojcik now um, you need three or four just dudes that you think could be starter level players. And, and some of that depends on what the coaching staff thinks about Jalen Washington, Seth Trimble, Simeon Wilcher, for example, like will they start next year? If not, you go get Kalel Ware from Oregon, who's in the transfer portal, and bring him in alongside Amondo. But realistically, you don't need to fill all five of these with scholarship-level players, especially if you're not going to play that depth. So go get 
three or four dudes and then use the other two or three to take high risk, high reward flyers on players like, like a Paxson Wojcik. Maybe he just lights it up from three next year. And if he does great, you use him a ton in your rotation. If not, that's okay. He just won't. I mean, it's his only year of eligibility and that is what it is. You know what I mean? Or even better yet, one thing to note in the transfer portal era, if you're not going to use the bench, like if you're only going to use seven, eight, nine guys, some coaches are starting to take the approach now of, I'm not going to use all 13 of my scholarship allotment on scholarship level players. If I'm only going to play nine or 10, I will get nine to 10 scholarship level players and then give the final three to walk-ons. Why? Because that way you're not wasting a scholarship level player's time and getting frustrated and causing locker room issues. Uh, So this could be better for roster management while keeping everyone happy. Like if you're only going to go 10 deep, why get more? I know there's injury concern with that, whatever, but how neat would it be to be able to give your final two or three scholarships to walk-ons who are just guys that are busting their butt every day to make the program and the team better? Because if you don't need them, for scholarship level players, give them to your walk-ons, man. How cool would that be? So <clears throat> just curious to see how the allotment is apportioned out. Will there be multiple more Pax and Wojcik level players? Will there be starting level players? I am very hopeful, but we got to continue to wait and see. Remember last year, Pete Nance was not even in the mix until he pulled out of the NBA draft. And that could wear on into... Uh, later on in may or so so we'll just have to keep our eyes on all of that but for now after another whirlwind day of too much news that brings us to an end of today's show you can follow us on the show on twitter at locked on heels you can follow me at isaac shade you can shoot me an email if you want to talk more about all of this locked on tar heels at gmail.com please do not forget to subscribe smash the like button and leave some comments about everything going on and for your next listen once again let me encourage you to check out locked on college basketball available on youtube and anywhere else you get podcasts folks i know it's a sad day because caleb's gone but even still it's always a great day to be a target isn't it it is (laughs) until tomorrow peace